Welcome, Bears fans, to the Bear Down Football Podcast with your host, Austin Muniz. And we're already heading into week three as this season's already going fast and uh, furious. Unfortunately for your Bears, they sit at now at 0-2 with this past Saturday's loss to South Dakota in Vermilion, South Dakota, 43-28. to um, It was a game that you could actually have watched on um, uh, ESPN+. Plus. Like a little extra, a little extra streaming service ESPN has for about like five dollars a month. Um, it'd be the only time UNC is going to be on it, but otherwise, it was uh, something other way you can watch uh, college football. Um, I actually had to watch this uh, game at work. I mean, I don't exactly have an office job either, so I had to, you know, take time out of my work to watch this. But luckily enough, uh, my supervisors and uh, they, you know, allowed me and were, were cool with it. But um, yeah, just another game for UNC where, again, they were close um, but just couldn't pull it off. They ended, like I said earlier, they lost 43-28. to 28. Uh, At one point in the fourth quarter, they were down 34-28. to 28. Um, Even had a chance there to make a stop and get the ball back, but eventually couldn't. Um, you know, unfortunately, again, they uh, got down early um, and they had to claw their way back in, and then their comeback came up short, just like McNeese State where they ended up coming down uh, being down 17 to nothing early at halftime, uh, UNC was down in this one, uh, 34 to 14, at uh, at halftime. Um, it was again, you know, it was bad mistakes from um, you know on, uh, from penalties. Um, the defense, unfortunately, this game wasn't as good as against McNeese State. Um, they gave up a ton of yards, um, big plays. Um, then on the opposite end, the offense, which was not, you know, which got shut down against McNeese State, was uh, really good. Um, the offensive line, it was again a little bit iffy. Uh, first half really not very good. Uh, second half they did get better, um, but um, just unfortunate to see the Bears uh, get that close, uh, have a chance, and uh, not be able to, uh, you know, get the W, which would have been a huge one. Uh, they're away at South Dakota against a team that was a playoff team last year, and it was their first home game of the year. So, you know, it was going to be a hard one. And, you know, I mean, at the least the Bears were competitive, but you would uh, like to see um, them uh, pull that kind of game out. Um, just going to go over quick about a little bit of uh, a little bit of team stats in the game. Um, UNC had uh, 25 first downs compared to South Dakota's uh, 30. Uh, South Dakota rushed for 173 yards, uh, while UNC ran for 119, which was actually a lot better improvement uh, from the week before. Uh, Still would like to see more out of that, but that's actually better. Um, They got a little bit more creative with the ways they were running the ball, which is also good. Um, Then passing yards, this is where UNC gave up a lot. 462 passing yards, uh, UNC had 331. it was kind of a disappointment in the secondary. I still think they're very good and very strong, but uh, they just gave up a lot of big plays. Um, admittedly, Austin Simmons was, was really good in the game too, but it's just you know giving up that many yards uh, passing just isn't going to uh, be good enough to win games. Um, so total offensive yards, um, South Dakota had a whopping 635 yards, and UNC actually had a really good game at 450. Um, you know, this was like pretty much the opposite of the McNeese State game. Uh, uh, the defense, UNC's defense against uh, the first week was really good. This week, not so much. Um, the offense against McNeese was, you know, below average or average to below average at times. Um, and this week it was pretty good. Um, and, you know, Nip 
it was Nip had a hell of a game. Alex Wesley, I, I go on and on about how good he has been, um, especially in this game. I mean, nobody was going to um, cover him all day long, and it showed. Um, he had a tremendous game. He had 10 catches, actually, and were just was wide open pretty much every time. Um, so I'll go over a little bit now, just uh, basically drive-by-drive drive summary. You know, not every drive, but just go over the game here. Um, the first ha- first quarter started off, it was pretty much a track meet right away. Both teams really didn't play much defense. Um, it actually, both teams scored on their first two drives. Um, you, uh, South Dakota got the ball to begin the game after UNC won the toss and deferred. Um, and South Dakota drove right down there uh, pretty easily. Um, I think UNC forced uh, one third down situation on that drive and a uh, and uh, they were South Dakota was able to pick it up, and it ended up leading to um, a Kai Henry one-yard run up the middle to make it 17 nothing after the first drive of the game. Um, UNC gets the kickoff. Um, they get the ball, and uh, they drive down there uh, with putting together a good drive themselves. Um, a big play on that one was it was a, they went for it on fourth down from the South Dakota 44-yard line and a huge pass to Alex Wesley for 33 yards down the sideline. He was wide open, um, gets all the way the ball down the 11. Very next play, handoff to Trey Rico up the middle, gets a good hole, uh, pretty much runs over one guy and then a couple guys can't tackle him and he gets into the end zone um, and scores his uh, first rushing touchdown of the season to make it 7-7. Seven to seven. Um, in the first quarter. And then getting the ball back to South Dakota again, they pretty much drive down the field uh, with ease. Um, they get put into a third and three situation at the at the UNC 15-yard line. And this is where UNC actually made a play. Uh, Isaiah Swopes uh, picks it off in the end zone, but unfortunately Kiefer Glau at that time was called for interference in the end zone. Um, it was honestly kind of, it was probably kind of obvious. Um, so it kind of, you know, maybe, I don't even know if he, he really needed to do that, but, uh, it kind of ruined a good play by Isaiah Swopes in the end zone for an interception. Um, and then South Dakota takes advantage of that. And, um, actually UNC stops him on the next two plays on, uh, and that about at the two yard line. Um, then finally South Dakota throws a pass in the end zone from Austin, to Austin Simmons, um, from Austin Simpson, Simmons to, uh, Brett. Samson for three-yard touchdown and making it 14-7. to seven, uh, South Dakota still in the first quarter at this time. UNC gets the ball back um, again, has another, you know, and again turns into Alex Wesley's show again. Uh, he has a couple of big catches, especially a 46-yarder um, on on this drive. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was one that was down over the middle. Um, again, beating his uh, coverage pretty, you know, actually got decent coverage on it, but it was a hell of a throw by Nip. Um, then a Milo Hall run, and then again Trey Reek. He was—I'm not sure if he was on the slot on that time, but he was. There's two receivers actually in the area; both were wide open, um, Reek and uh, Tyron Verna. But uh, the pass was end up catching by Reek. He catches it about the five, and then pretty then doesn't even get touched to go into the end zone to make it to uh, 14 to 14 at that time. Um, and South Dakota gets the ball, and this is and then. Then after this, this is where UNC and in the second quarter, um, it just kind of um, just didn't work out well. This is basically where they lost the game was in the second quarter. Um, you know, at the end of that first quarter, both teams made stops. Um, 
but then you go into the second quarter and uh South Dakota has the ball and uh they actually get some decent plays going uh but they ended up uh but then yeah you know, UNC ended up actually getting some stops and then unfortunately for UNC uh, Austin Simmons hits uh Tristan Ducker on a little like pretty much you know normal like screen pass outside quick pass outside um, a really good block by the wide receiver take out UNC's cornerback at the time and he doesn't pre- he doesn't get touched for 76 yards for a touchdown to make it uh, 21 uh, to actually missed extra point there by uh, South Dakota who's kind of had kicker problems unfortunately UNC's had him too but uh, to make that 20 to 14 um, UNC then comes comes to get the ball back and this is where um, Jacob Nip throws an interception again getting pressured. Um, he was getting pressured on the play, ends up throwing an interception. Uh, UNC's defense actually comes up big after that interception and doesn't allow uh, South Dakota to score. Um, but then UNC gets the ball, doesn't do a whole lot of much, much with it. And then um, the thing about that is I know a soul on this one. He's seen it a couple times already where he goes back and he's the one that's ended up punter. He does this rugby-style left-footed kick, and he had a hell of a kick. It was... It kicked it far and it bounced big time and that was actually a 62 yard punt uh gave uh you know that was good field uh i guess like just uh gave south dakota you know worst field position they thought they were going to have at that time it pretty much like reversed the field position on him a really good kick and probably see more of that this year too i mean so i mean he no soul can kick pretty good um then that's when but you thought after that kick oh they got him down there uh but south dakota comes right back and um they drive down they drive down and on this one um it was a, a hell of a throw by uh, Austin Simmons as he finds um uh Shamar Jackson in the right in the corner of the end zone um it was a perfect throw he was actually getting pressured on the on on the pass and he threw it up and he threw it into a spot really where only Shamar Jackson was going to catch it it was actually decent coverage by the UNC cornerback uh, on on it uh, but it was right over him and right in Shamar Jackson's hands, and uh, that made the score 27 uh, to to 14 at that point. Again, UNC. Um, again, they couldn't get much a whole lot going. Uh, then South Dakota ends up getting the ball, and again uh, they start uh, driving down the field. Um, a couple big, another big plays, um, some penalties. You know, ends up getting South Dakota down there again. You know, and at, and at this point, you're kind of you're like you're kind of getting disappointed in UNC's defense because they're, you know, just not stopping them at that time. And then penalties are are killing them. Um, and then same thing on this one, another great uh, throw and catch from South Dakota as, as Simmons throws in the back of the end zone and Reggie Crawford catches it for four yards and pretty much just jumps over the UNC uh, cornerback on the play. Uh, they actually reviewed it because uh, I don't know if it was Swopes. I don't think it was Michael Walker. He he actually stole the ball from him as they went down, but it was obviously it was obvious Crawford had his two feet in and had control of the ball when he caught it, so it ended up being a touchdown. And at this point, it was 34-14. Uh, to 14. UNC ends up making a decent uh, drive to end the, the half, but uh, Snip gets ended up sacked a couple more times. Um, and then they go into the half at that time, a 34-14, where South Dakota scores 20 unanswered points uh, in that second quarter. And that second quarter is marred by penalties, uh, by not very good offensive line play from um, UNC as uh, Nip was getting harassed and sacked all over the place. Um, so 
it, it was the quarter in this game that pretty much decided it. Um, then you go into the third quarter. Actually, at the beginning of the third quarter, Julian Eisen, uh, the richer freshman running back, gets the kickoff and he returns it uh, 46 yards to the South Dakota 49-yard line. And pretty good, a really good run uh, where he uh, breaks some tackles and busts it on the out, goes to the outside, and gets to about you know, like I said, the 49-yard line of South Dakota. Uh, UNC actually on this one, uh, a couple of plays later, uh, actually hit uh, Milo Hall gets a pass. Uh, out of the backfield, and he goes 20 yards for a touchdown. Unfortunately, again, it was an ineligible man downfield on the play, and uh, the touchdown's nullified. So, you know, there, you know, there's another time where it just unfortunately it seems like when UNC has these penalties, it always comes at, uh, you know, bad times. Whether it uh, maybe a touchdown they got. I remember last week uh, Alex Wesley had a touchdown over the middle that was called back. Um, you know, and then at certain certain big time plays on defense, they end up making penalties. To give the team, you know, to give the other team, um, you know, good advantage, you know, and it's something they definitely need to work on is just these penalties. Like they've killed them the past two weeks, especially uh, in in this game. Um, UNC ends up on that drive, uh, stalling out, but it's still a it's still a makeable field goal, field goal by Colin Root, and he missed it from 34 yards. Um, you know, I talked to you know they talked to uh, Ernest Collins in the after the game and. You know, asked him about maybe they're going to use a Marcus Combs as kicking the field goals now, and they said, yeah, there's going to be an open competition for it um, this week. Um, it's weird because Colin Root last year was really good. I thought, I mean, he can hit him from deep. He can, hit, he you know, he hit him from a lot of different places, and he won the game winner against Idaho State last year. Um, I don't think he's a bad kicker. It just seems like right now he's in one of those funks where it's just kind of in his head. It's like you know, like a baseball player who's going through a, a rough streak of uh, hitting. Um, he's just. You know, he has to make at least one or something, I think, to kind of get back in that groove. I don't doubt that he can't make kicks. It's just at this time he's not really doing it. And, you know, like Kurt Collins says, to keep your job, um, you know, you got to produce. And right now he's not producing. So it wouldn't surprise me if this week if we saw uh, Marcus Combs maybe get some uh, field goal attempts if, uh, you know, if UNC gets in that situation. Um, in this third quarter, pretty much, it was pretty good, actually. Finally, good defense uh, by both teams. Um, you know, especially UNC, stopping the run. They were kind of bending but not breaking at times. Um, in South Dakota, same thing. Um, but uh, it was just a, you know, finally after the after the first quarter, after the first uh, half, which pretty much was a track meet for both teams. Um, then the third quarter. Um, both teams' defenses kind of made adjustments and started to uh, make make plays. Um, then UNC actually in the third quarter ends up putting together uh, a pretty good uh, dr drive uh, at the end of that third quarter, which was the best drive of that quarter for them. Um, then they they actually go down to about let's see, it was the South Dakota two yard line. I think after another big catch by Alex Wesley, of course he was making them all day long pretty much um he was wide open all day too and this time they get they get a pass to Thyron Verna for his, for his first touchdown of the season it was a, a play action pass where Nip rolled a little bit right and Thyron went over went from one side to the other crossed crossed that way and it was wide open in the end zone and uh that time made it 34 to 21 uh UNC down to South Dakota and at this point you know for as badly they played in that second quarter for them to still be in the in the game at this time, you know, kind of felt good. You could see the momentum really shifting 
in UNC's in UNC's direction. It just felt like okay, you know, maybe this is where they finally start getting going. They're you know, and it and it really happened because on the next next drive for South Dakota, South Dakota, uh, he, they start driving and they get to the UNC 34 and in the fourth and one they decide to to go for it. Like I said, they've had kicker troubles. Um, you know, maybe they maybe they could have punted it there and let UNC uh, try to drive even more, but they decided to go for it, figuring, oh, you know, they get that, they can, you know, get close for a field goal or maybe score a touchdown and really put the game away. But uh, UNC comes up big on the fourth down as uh, Luke Nelson and Nick Johnson were in on, on the tackles and uh, stop uh, uh, South Dakota on that drive and giving the ball back to UNC on a turnover on downs. Um, UNC, they come out quick. With a couple of decent plays, they you know they used Willie Fairman on kind of jet sweeps. Um, he had some good yards um, on that. And actually, another thing they did in this game wasn't on this drive, uh, from what I can see. But w- they'd put Dante Warren in the backfield, like kind of in a wildcat formation. He looked pretty good. He had some pretty good gains. I think he had two gains for 19 yards total. You know, and just another little wrinkle where they can get that running game going. Um, I mean, you know, it was a lot of times. And, you know, especially nowadays, not like the old times where you had one running back and, you know, had to get him going. And you got to find a variety of ways to be able to run the football. And UNC did this and did that in this game by using Dante Warren and by using uh, Willie Ferriman a little bit more. I know Willie had a pretty good uh, run at the beginning of the game for some good yards. Um, or like, you know, we probably will expect to see more of that. See, see Reek, uh, Milo Hall, Ferriman, and Warren probably get some uh, carries. Um and this next drive after that turnover down, uh, Alex Wesley again with a couple big catches um, to move them down the field. Um, Reek getting a couple carries for some yards. Tyron Verna with another catch. And that led to another play-action pass where Wesley just torches the defenders and scores a touchdown on a 25-yard pass from uh, Nip, or uh, as the South Dakota announcers would call him, Knip, which is I had, <laughs> I had to laugh about that. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could call him Knip, but it it made me laugh. But uh, again, another touchdown for Nip, his uh, third of the day at that time, um, and he was winging the ball really well at, uh, during about this time of the game where he was hitting guys in, in, in stride. Um, you know, even in small small areas, he was hitting them pretty good. Um, so at the, after that touchdown, he made the score thirty-four to twenty-eight, South Dakota, and UNC seemed to be. Like, okay, you know, this is their chance. This is the time where they can, you know, get a stop here and get the ball back. The way the, the way the offense was moving, you felt like if they could get the ball back, they were probably going to do something good with it. Um, and actually, and in the next drive, UNC actually gets them on the very first set of plays, gets them to a third and two. And unfortunately on that one, uh, Kai Henry gets three yards and gets the first down. And then after that, um, you uh, big pass from Austin Simmons to Shamar Jackson for 60 yards. Gets the ball all the way down to the UNC uh, 12-yard line, and a few plays later, uh, Austin Simmons runs it in on a on a QB uh, QB run to the left side on a fake a fake up the middle run uh, to Kai Henry, and Simmons just kind of rolls out to the left, and pretty much nobody was there, and he ends up scoring and making the score 40 to 28. Um, and that was still with about 5:11 left in the game, and unfortunately. Um, UNC maybe could have still had a chance, but unfortunately, the suing kickoff, uh, Julian Eisen, who had a really good return uh, at the beginning of the second half, uh, fumbles the ball. Uh, South Dakota recovers it, and they ended up pretty much just wasting clock. And uh, 
getting a field goal attempt and you think okay you know this is actually a 43 yarder uh mason lorber their kicker actually missed one from close early and thinking okay maybe we can miss this one have a chance but he ends up nailing it uh making it 43 to 28 um in unc uh, on the next ensuing drive they had a uh, nip with a really good pass to dante warren for 27 yards but then after that uh they just couldn't they didn't really have much time left and the clock ran out, and UNC loses for the second straight week in a row, uh, 43 to 28, to uh, South Dakota. You know, like I said before, this was a game where it was, you know, big plays and penalties killed them. Um, you know, the defense against the run wasn't that bad. Um, it was mostly Austin Simmons out there who had some big gains. I think he ended up having 80 yards of rushing. Um, that was mostly on. I don't think maybe a couple of like uh, runs designed for him, but a lot of them were maybe on ones where he scrambled out and ended up running past people and gaining big yards. But as far as like stopping the running backs, UNC did a good job again. Kai Henry didn't have a whole lot of uh, yards this game. Um, yeah, the, and let's see, we'll go to the individual stats. Uh, they didn't do like I said, they didn't do p- too bad against the run. Um, if you look at uh, San Diego, Sa- yeah, South San Diego, but South Dakota's. Uh, uh, rushing, like I said, Austin Sinem has eight attempts for 81 yards uh, and a touchdown. Um, the next leading carrier was uh, Ben Klett. He had uh, six attempts for 36 yards. Uh, Brooks uh, Cannon, uh, eight attempts for 36 yards. Um, and then Kai Henry, the main running back, uh, 19 attempts for 29 yards. Uh, so he didn't really have much going, and UNC uh, stopped him. Um, that's another positive thing. Yes, it was like, what, 173 total rushing um Still, pr- still pretty good. Um, if you take out, you know, I mean, it was mostly runs by the 80 of those yards came from Austin Simmons, the quarterback, but they shut down the run decently. I mean, maybe not really, really good, but they shut it down uh, decently enough. But it was definitely um, Austin Simmons in the passing game that killed him, as he was uh, 31 for 40 for 462 yards and uh, four touchdowns. Um, and then I think, let's see, I think. They ended up using, I think, 11 different receivers. Uh, Shamar Jackson, who I don't think had a catch in their first game, had seven this game for 146 yards for a touchdown. Uh, uh, Tristan Ducker, he had four catches for 131 yards in a touchdown. And they had, after that, they had, I think, what, nine other guys catch passes. Um, you know, Austin Simmons looked really good out there. I mean, you could tell their offense is basically, is basically um, it's a pass-heavy offense. They do run the ball, but uh, winging it around the, the field and, is, is what they do, and they did a really good job of it against uh, uh, UNC. Um, as for UNC's offensive stats, uh, Nip was 26 of 35 for 331 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, he unfortunately was sacked uh, four times. Um, again, it seems like just too much, and he was also like harassed a lot of the time. Even on some of his completions, he uh, was getting nailed right after he threw the ball. Um, I mean, you'd like to see a game where they gave up none, but I think I would take a game at this point where there's only one or two times where he got sacked. Um, I mean, it's an improvement from last week where he got sacked six times, but four times is still uh, uh, too much. Uh, as far as rushing for UNC, uh, Reek had 12 uh, carries for 34 yards net. Um, he, had a, he had some good runs again, but he's still just not getting enough uh, uh, space to do what he can do. Um, I would, you know, I'm happy that he got into the passing game a little bit more this game. Um, because he's definitely like a, an all-purpose kind of running back that can do it out, do it from the in, you know from, from rushing and from out of the backfield receiving the ball. 
Um, next on the team was Willie Fairman. He had two carries for 29 yards. Um, like I said earlier, Dante Warren had two carries for 19 yards. Uh, Milo Hall, seven uh, for 23 yards. And a nip had 13 for 46. And unfortunately, that, I mean, maybe one of them was maybe a design play for him. But a lot of the times he was running for his life um, out there. But, you know, it was better rushing effort this week from UNC. Still like to see more. I'd like to see him get to like the 150-yard kind of uh, thing every week. That would be good. But 119 was definitely an improvement on last week, which I think they only had 50. Um, but then again, uh, McNeese State is one of the top uh, FCS teams in rushing, so rushing defense. So, uh, you know, I couldn't expect a whole lot there. Uh, but this week, 119 is still maybe not where they need to be, but uh, definitely better. Uh, receiving for UNC, I mean, it was the Alex Wesley show. Uh, he had 10 catches, 184 yards, and one touchdown. Um, and like I said, he just, I think pretty much every ball that was targeted to him, he caught. There might have been some other ones. Like, like I said, I couldn't watch, I didn't watch every play of the game because um, I was at work at the time. But uh, he was, he's definitely going to, I seriously don't think there's a whole lot of people that can cover him in, at the FCF level. Um, you can see why he's considered probably an NFL prospect. Um, he was tremendous this game, and, and I hope he can continue to do it. Um, I mean, and you're probably going to have to expect him to do it every week because uh, he's definitely a talent. Um, again, and then Tyron Vernon had four catches, 42 yards, and, and a touchdown. I like to, I like to see that. Um, I think he's a good target for Nip, um, a guy that ends up he can get open quite a bit. Uh, like I said earlier, um, Trey Reek, he had four catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. I um, like to see him get more catches out of the backfield too. You know, four to five catches like that would be great. Uh, Dante Warren had one catch for 27 yards. Um, he's a big target, fast. Um, you know, I, I had, I didn't see if he was out there a whole bunch, but uh, I'd like to see more of him. Um, Fairman had a couple, couple catches. Milo Hall had three catches. Noah Soul and Michael McCauley had a catch each. Um, you know, again, if you look at that, only let's see, only maybe Fairman, Soul, and Warren out of the receivers. Um, after Wesley so you know, again they still need to find another guy that can you know produce catches um, besides uh, Alex Wesley out of the receiver position uh, and you got Verna and McCauley at tight ends and then the running backs but you need to find another guy out that can do that you know is it going to be Dante Warren is it going to be Noah Soul um, you know Pat you know uh, Patrick Stevens had a catch last week for a touchdown uh, Kevin Meadows um, you know who, who's going to be that guy to you know, catch more passes out of the receiver position for them. Um, I mean, you would like to see Wesley do 10 receptions, 184 yards every week, but that's, you know, going to be asking a lot, uh, even even for him. Um, for, as far as uh, defensive stats, uh, the leading tackler this week was a Kiefer Glau. He had 13 of them. Uh, Luke Nelson had 11. Uh, Sharon Boyd had 7. Uh, Stelsner, uh, he had 7 total solo tackles, actually. He had a hell of a game as he had four tackles for loss. Uh, so that was, you know, a really good performance by him. Um, you know, the, you got Ezra Swopes. He broke up a couple of passes. Um, Boyd, he came on blitzes, was hurting the QB a couple of times. Um, you know, it, it just really, when you look at that, it really wasn't, you know, when you give up 635 total, not a really good, very good performance by the defense. Um, and a lot of, you know, they were killing him kind of on, some of the short passes that uh, that last week they were stopping McNeese State on, 
But I think this week they came up against a better group of receivers and, um, you know, South Dakota's receivers, uh, unfortunately, kind of torched UNC's cornerbacks this week. Um, but I still I don't think they're, that's the kind of defense you're going to see out of them every week. I think this was just a bad week for them. Um, I think they're going to start making plays and um, just being better than, than they were this week. Um, but a huge thing is, is too, is they, you know, the, the down linemen for UNC are and blitzes. They need, need to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, if he's given a lot of time out there. It's going to be hard for the, you know, cornerbacks to, uh, you know, kind of keep covering those guys for long periods of time. Um, even though there was these quick passes that killed him and stuff, um, there still needs to be some kind of a pass rush. As there's, I think there's only for these first two games, UNC's only recorded one sack, and I think that was uh, from Henry Stelzner. Um, so, you know, it, just, it wasn't. It was better. It was a way better performance by the offense this week, and definitely a subpar one from the defense as far as the secondary. You know, I've mentioned before, I thought it was the best part of their defense in this game. Unfortunately, they proved me wrong on that one. But I just, I think they'll step up from it. I think, I'm pretty sure they will. Um, you know, they got Sacramento State coming up. Um, don't think they're as high-powered as a passing offense as South Dakota. But uh, I think they're still going to be a, a tough team uh, to face. Um, you know, so it was kind of disappointing, you know, losing in the way they did. Um, you know, again, they... You know, they like Coach Collins was saying, they you know, need to come out there and they, they need to be the first ones to punch the other team in the face. Um, you know, instead of being the ones getting punched in the face and having to battle back, you know, 17 nothing the first week and uh, 34-14, uh, you know, those are tough asks from anybody, you know, from anybody to come back from, uh, especially against uh, good teams that UNC's faced these first two weeks of both ranked teams. Um, McNeese State's are very good. South Dakota's very good, you know, and, you're happy they're competitive with them, but you wish you know. You, you, I mean, if you watch the games, you think, oh, you know that UNC actually has a chance to win them, and you know that's what's kind of disappointing part is like you know they could actually pull these games out. It's just they put themselves in these holes with you know penalties and with uh, you know big plays are given up and um, you know to put themselves into these uh, big deficits right away and forcing. Um, you know the offense to make big plays and you know when you're down like that the margin of error becomes you know really small and you know every little error you make and you know every little you know drive that you don't convert into a first day you know don't convert into points you know gives that other team a chance to get, break the game even more wide open and you know fortunate enough for the defense at times they've actually held strong during times like that but you know still they you know they need to you know, stop with uh you know giving up these huge plays and, uh, you know, the whole team as a whole needs to, you know, find a way to limit these penalties, especially uh, during cru crucial times. Like I said, uh, this coming uh, Saturday on the, I think it's the 15th, um, got Sacramento State coming to Greeley. Um, Sacramento State comes in at 1-1 uh, one one, uh, to begin uh, their season. Um, if you look at their uh, last year, actually, they were 7-4. and four. Uh, last year, uh, I think the first, the last two seasons off of that, they were two and nine, so they really improved big time uh, uh, last year. Um, their uh, their offense, uh, the last year they were number one in the Big Sky in scoring offense, and they were also number five in actually FCS in in, a, in scoring offense. Um, big improvement from the years before. Um, they, this year they returned six starters on offense. 
Uh, they returned their starting quarterback and Kevin Thompson. Uh, I don't think he played against UNC. He missed three games. I think one of the games he missed was against uh, uh, UNC last year. And I'll get in, I'll get into that a little bit now. UNC actually last year went to Sacramento State, uh, played them there, and were actually up on them twenty to I think twenty one to twenty at half, and ended up uh, you know, pretty much getting getting up, up, uh, pushed over in that second half and losing fifty to twenty one. Um, did one thing UNC last year during the fourth quarter they got outscored big time all season long and the one thing they're doing this year a lot better is they're playing better in that fourth quarter but unfortunately it's like they're starting slow and uh these first two ones that get them into deficits and uh you know unfortunately it's led to their first two losses of the season um uh, so I'll get back to Sacramento State and who they return uh they return three of their top four running backs um led by the leading rusher uh, BJ per- Perkinson uh, they returned four of their five top wide receivers, uh, but they lose one of their top wide receivers who had 40 catches last year and had actually had 15 more than the next guy. So uh, their wide receiving core could, you know, it has some guys that have played, uh, but you know maybe with a little bit less experience uh, than they than they've had in the past. Uh, their offensive linemen they lose their two top they lose top their top two offensive linemen that were actually all conference players for them, uh, but they returned three of them with uh, 10 plus starts each. Uh, so you know we'll see we'll see how that offensive line holds up. I mean they're the two best guys on there. Uh, sometimes that you know can make a difference. And hopefully UNC this week can you know find some way to pressure that quarterback and uh, you know put some uh, pressure on Thompson and force him in some bad throws and also you know give that you know their DB, DBs a chance to make uh, uh, some plays out there. Um, as far as Sacramento State's defense, um, last year it was the number six defense is scoring and the number four. Uh, defense in yard per game in the big sky uh, the defense returns nine starters and uh, 20 of their top 25 tacklers uh, they lose an all-american defensive lineman but refer but return four players who combine combine for 32 starts uh, they return their top five linebackers from last year including two all-conference players um, and they return eight of the top eight of the top 10 uh, dbs including another two all-conference players uh, so Coming this game, I think the defense is going to be strong for Sacramento State. Um, the first game of the season, they had played, uh, I think, St. Francis. I'm not sure what level they're at. Uh, they won that game 55-7, to I think. And then they played San Diego State this past week and lost 28-14. Uh, to um, You look at stats again, they didn't really put a whole much offense together. Uh, but it seemed like their defense kept them in the game. So I think, you know, again, it's going to be a tough defense UNC is going to go up against. Uh, another test for that offensive line. I would like to see some even more improvement by them. They they stayed with uh, the same uh, offensive lineman using the first game, so that's good. You know, I think just having consistency will be, will be good. And you know, unless you know some of these guys need to injure or some of them really struggle, um, and they think they have somebody who can perform better, uh, I would like I would continue to like to see them keep this uh, same offensive uh, line out there. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have a tough te- another tough test against Sacramento State. Um, but the way the offense looked this past week is looking pretty good. Um, I would suspect them to try to try a few different more ways of getting the running game going. Um, you know, I suspect them again to, you know, probably get Trey Reek involved in the passing game more too. Um, you know, of course, you know, you know Sacramento State's going to try to find a way to uh, stop Alex Wesley. Uh, he's had 200-yard games in a row. Um, so, you know, one again, one of those guys, another one of the wide receivers is going to have to step up or even one of the tight ends uh, is going to have to even have an even bigger game than they've had in, in these first two. Uh, so, you know, that'll be an interesting to see, see who, who if anybody, 
well, you know, will step up. I hope, I hope they do. And I, I think, you know, I think at this point, I think, you know, after a few games, there's going to be some guys that will step up. You know, I'd like to see another good game from Noah Soul like he did the last time um, playing in Greeley. This game, he had one catch, and I think I've seen one where he had another chance where he win went through his hands. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, you know, Willie Fairman gets a few more catches, if they use Dante Warren a little bit more. Um, but uh, that's definitely a place where, you know, hopefully they can step up and gain uh, big-time yards. Um, you know, I don't really worry about Nip. He's looked he was a great actually these uh this last game and actually the first game he wasn't bad it just you know maybe a little bit rusty after not playing a while but I think he's really starting to get uh that rhythm that rhythm back um that he's that he had uh, from last year um let's see yeah like I mentioned before uh Sacramento State uh the first two games of the season they beat St. Francis uh 55 to 7 and lost to San Diego State uh, 28 to 4 uh, 28 to 14 um, through the first two games they're averaging 34 and a half points per game and 432 yards per game I wouldn't take much into that uh, you know that's probably you know inflated numbers from playing St. Francis the very first game um, Kevin Thompson he's uh, 22 of 30 for 401 yards so far with three touchdowns no interceptions hopefully we can turn that in no interceptions into one or a couple of them that'd be great I got Elijah Dotson their leading rusher at 122 yards and 18 carries for two touchdowns. Uh, generic uh, James said he has 12 rushes for 61 yards. And uh, Kevin Thompson, uh, he has uh, 14 uh, attempts on the season. Um, after seeing how the way Austin, um, Austin Simmons ran the ball against South Dakota, I can probably expect uh, them trying to get uh, Thompson you know, going in the running game, whether you know it's with pre-designed plays or maybe you know ho- hopefully they, you know, hopefully doesn't break you know the the rush and uh, gain yards, but I, I can kind of expect them to maybe try to uh, get their quarterback into uh, the running game. As far as uh, the receivers, uh, the top four receivers have been Andre Lindsey. He has six receptions for 133 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Ratliff, five receptions, 123 yards. Uh, Pierre Williams, five receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown. And uh, their main tight end option is Gerald Anderson. Uh, at four receptions for 68 yards, um, so I think I think this is going to be their offense that seems to be pretty balanced. I think if you looked at how many rushing, I think they've ran about like almost 20 more rushing plays than uh, than passing plays. So I, you know, it's probably going to be more of a balanced offense, not like this last week where uh, South Dakota uh, winged it most. I mean, pretty much all game long. Uh, you know, South Dakota was high pace, almost like a fast break kind of offense. I'm not sure if uh, Sacramento State does the same thing. I mean, most uh, teams nowadays in college football run a no-huddle, some type of no-huddle offense, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, as far as uh, Sacramento's defense, you got Kalen Barnes, leads the team in 16 tackles. Elijah Wallace has 13 tackles and two and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Mr. Harrell, Harrell, I think his name, last name is, he has two interceptions on the season. I know he was one of the returning uh, all-conference players they had. And uh, Elijah Chambers has two and a half sacks to to lead them so far. Um, so you know, again, this is another going to be a, another tough game for UNC. Um, actually, the first four games are, pr- are pretty tough. Um, I mean, you got two ranked teams being the season. Don't know if Sacramento State's ranked. I saw some publications where they were. Um, you know, so I mean, it, it would be nice here to get this win um, because going into next week against Weber State, going to Ogden and playing them there. Uh, is going to be rough, uh, especially with Weber State being, 
right now the top ranked uh, Big Sky team in, in the rankings. So it'd be nice for UNC at home to pull this win off. It, you know, it'd be great too because it'll be against a a good a good team. Um, you know, so give this guys confidence going into that Weber State game. Um, and who knows if they, you know they win this one, maybe they can go in there and uh, you know pull off you know a huge upset and uh, you know kind of turn around the season. Still early in the season. Yeah, they're down. They're zero two, but you know a good game this week um, could you know turn around their season and get these guys really believing um, in you know going into a big sky play. Um, like I said earlier, um, I think. I think that I think the you know the the strength of this Sacramento State team is their defense, um, but with the way Nip has been playing and getting his rhythm back, I feel pretty confident that he'll do pretty well. Uh, they can then also if they can find more ways to get a, you know get their running game going, that would be great. Um, so you know I'm looking forward to this Saturday. I think another 2 p.m. Uh, start time, so a little bit later. Uh, and then after that, I think the rest of the games are at. New, at a noon start times but you know for me I kind of it don't really matter the 12 or noon the 12 or the two o'clock ones are you know kind of fun um even though I do wish they had lights sometimes we could play at night but um but you know I'm looking forward to it you know another big opportunity for uh, UNC to you know get in the win column here um you gotta give them credit for scheduling the way they scheduled no FBS teams but they didn't schedule no easy teams either uh to start this season um, so I think that's where I'm going to end it, um, next week again, uh, I'm going to, you know, go do a review of, uh, this, this, uh, past week's game against Sacramento State and get into their big sky opener and a tough big sky opener against, uh, a Weber State. So I'll see you guys next week. And for the Bear Down, uh, podcast, this is Austin Muniz and, uh, vamos osos. Oh, oh.